You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. Today on the show, we're going to take a closer look at this Arkansas versus Kentucky game, why this is the biggest opportunity for Arkansas to end the streak and finally get a first SEC win, a first SEC road win under Chad Morris. Keith Grayson is going to come and join us and talk about why he feels a little bit differently about it. Also, Pete Roulier, your questions and more, all that on Hogsports Live. Super intrigued with this matchup, everyone. Super intrigued with it. And there's a lot of reasons why I think that this could be the one for Arkansas, and we'll get into that, of course. But just to go over things, Arkansas at Kentucky, both teams are 2-3. and three. Kentucky's 0-3 in the SEC. Arkansas's 0-2 in the SEC. 6.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, SEC Network at Kroger Field, 61,000 capacity. Again, this is the last SEC stadium that I have not been to. I didn't go in 2008. I didn't realize that it was going to take 11 years. So if you're not going to Lexington this weekend and things stay the way they are, you're probably looking at 2030 before you have another chance to go watch Arkansas play a football game in Lexington. So pretty rare opportunity. Going to be nice weather, 57 degrees at kickoff. Supposed to dip down into the 40s a little bit. It could possibly rain, I guess. I haven't looked at it a little bit. Betting line is Kentucky favored by minus 6.5. That's the outline for the game. You look at how Kentucky played last week. Obviously, Arkansas and Kentucky were both on bye weeks last week. But Kentucky losing to South Carolina 24-7. to Had a good opportunity to watch that game since it was a late game. Sawyer Smith went 11-32. of Now, he came out in the fourth quarter, and they replaced him with Lynn Bowden, who's a wide receiver, punt returner, a guy who does a lot of different things for him, really talented athlete who plays their Wildcat quarterback role. We don't know what's going on right now with, with the quarterback situation at Kentucky. We don't know because nobody's saying anything. Mark Stoops isn't saying anything. And, uh, yeah, we just don't know. But Kentucky has had a lot of injuries. The reason this is a winnable game, I think there's a lot of things you can point to, offensive line versus defensive line, all of that type of stuff. But why this is a winnable game is simply because I think Arkansas has got a better situation at quarterback. And we'll get into breaking that down here in a, in a little bit a little bit more. But I think Arkansas is in a better situation when you consider they lost Terry Wilson early in the season. They lost the guy who would have backed him up, I believe, in fall camp or earlier than that. And then Sawyer Smith's kind of like the third guy. And is he going to be 100% available? We don't know. Are they going to go with Bowden at quarterback? I mean, how good of a passer is he actually? He was a high school quarterback. But is that something that's sustainable for them? Are we going to see a mix of them? A lot of questions right there with quarterback situation. For Arkansas, obviously you're preparing for both. I, I do think it's a bit of a disadvantage, and we'll get to Chad Morris here in a little bit about which team shows up. But first, before we dive into all that, I want to remind everybody, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Uh, obviously, if you're watching on Facebook Live. We always stream the show live on Facebook Live, also available on YouTube, which where, is where we'll upload it immediately after. Be sure to like, share, follow, comment. Throw us a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload a new video. Also available on Apple Podcasts, number one rated Razorback show on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you like the content right now on Spotify and Stitcher as well. Hogsports.com, just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off. Off your first year with a seven-day free trial. It's HAWGsports.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. And we may, if Arkansas beats Kentucky, we may come out with a special. We may do something big, like a 50% off an annual subscription, something like that. So stay tuned. We did that when Arkansas broke their 17-game losing streak against uh, LSU, and it was one of our most successful promotions ever. So we might do something like that. All right. Which Arkansas team shows up? Is it going to be the Arkansas team that faced San Jose State, or is it going to be the Arkansas team that faced Texas A&M? If it's the Arkansas team that faced Texas A&M, then Arkansas is going to go down there and win the game. I really believe that. And I'm kind of going against everything that I said I would do, and it's because I picked Arkansas to beat Kentucky in the preseason. This was my first uh, Chad Morris win against a Power 5 team, against an SEC team that I predicted. I actually had them losing to Ole Miss. Uh, and And the reason I did that is because of the cumulative effects of playing on the road and, you know, just kind of learning some things. I've said over and over again that what's going to determine this game is if Arkansas can take what they've acquired in some of the losses because you have to learn how to win on the road. And so they've been to Ole Miss. 
Okay, they lost that game. They found out what happens when you don't show up in the fourth quarter. The neutral site game at Texas A&M, you know, you had an opportunity to win at the end. You didn't finish that final drive, which brings me to another point about will they, you know, have they learned their lessons on the road. Can Arkansas put a game away? That's the thing that they haven't learned. They haven't had to protect a lead. Can they run the ball in the fourth quarter and move the chains and put the game away when they have to? That's a big question because I think Arkansas can score some points. And I've heard a lot of people say it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I'm actually – I think I went 31-24 Arkansas on this one. So relatively low-scoring, I guess, in today's age. But I think Arkansas will be able to score on this defense a little bit. Will we see the best of Nick Starkle finally? I'm I'm firmly in the camp that Nick Stark will gives you the best chance to win. I think he gives you the best chance. I mean, when you look at just uh, his overall ability, and I know he's had some bad games through five interceptions. You'd hope to, uh, against San Jose State, you'd hope that he learned from that. You know, Nick uh, Ben Hicks showed a lot of guts, I think, in the Texas A&M game. But I still think Nick Stark will gives you the best chance to win with his overall upside, his ceiling. He just throws a nice ball, very accurate. He has had a bad game. Now, will we see that again? He's got to figure out how to overcome when he's not having a very good game. And part of that's also going to be determined on the offensive line. You know, how are things going to go up front with, with this game? So, all right, I want to go ahead and get to Chad Morris's video. This is about two and a half minutes or so. Just kind of to take a look at uh, what Chad Morris thinks about some of the key things, maybe not having Colton Jackson with Kentucky's quarterback situation, those types of things. So let's get to it. He just had a, a great week last week, going back to fundamentals. Um, this week has been very, very much like a normal, uh, what you would expect. Uh, guys amped up, ready to go, get back on the field Saturday night. So, you know, a lot of excitement. I anticipate a great day today. The weather's been fantastic. It's going to be a great night for football Saturday night. I mean, you can't ask for much better than this. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how our guys are going to respond and, and play. This Mark Stoops was uh, kind of non-committal on the SEC call day about who's going to start well, I mean, we're prepared for for different scenarios. I mean, you know, with with where they've been this year at their quarterback situation, the injuries that they've had, um, you know, obviously, you know, putting Lynn in there would, is, is going to add a whole new dynamic. Obviously, it's going to pull a pull a, you know one of their best weapons at wide receiver into a quarterback where he's touching the ball every play. I anticipate him playing some quarterback. Um, how much I don't know, but. Uh, you know, and I think Sawyer is going to play as well. I think it'll be just a mix-up. I, I really do. I think it's whatever. If they get get you know a hot hand, they're probably going to stay with it, and if not, they'll probably go back and forth. But uh, you know, we're prepared. It's it's about how we play, um, and that's what I'm focused on more than anything. Is that a disadvantage though, having to prepare for two quarterbacks instead of spending all your focus on one? Well, I mean, you know, obviously you got to spend a little bit more prep time uh, with that, uh, with different scenarios, and uh, but that's. You know, you have to do that regardless to the course of the week. But, you know, again, we, we do. We have to put different focuses for, for different guys that are back there. But at the end of the day, we still got to block. We still got to tackle. We got to run the football. And, and uh, we got to play at a very high level. If you have to play Cunningham, how do you feel about him since he didn't play the last game? Yeah, you know, I, I of course, Myron has, has gotten game experience this year. So, uh, you know, I expect Myron to, to, to step in there at left tackle and, and be just fine. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. Still expect Colton to practice him today. Uh, I do not believe he's going to be out at practice today. So it'll be, you know, we'll, we're, I know we're evaluating right now still, and so we'll, we'll see as as the week continues to progress. But right now he won't be out today. If he would have be cleared on Thursday, could he could he be game ready? Well, it all depends on where we are, and we feel like he's he's confident in the plan. Um, you know, we'd like for our guys to go through practice as much as possible if we can and get some type of run through. Um, and some type of contact on them. So we're, we're just going to wait and see on that. What have Lynn's RPOs looked like? Have they been quicker rounds? What, what have they done? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously he's just electric with the ball in his hand. So, you know, his ability to run the football. Um, as a quarterback in high school, I mean, the guy, you can't go to sleep on his passing game. He, You know, the ball does get out of his hand. Um, you know, I, and I know he feels his natural position is, is a wide receiver, a return specialist. Um, but in the same sense, he's got experience at quarterback, and, and we're going to have to be prepared for, for when he gets in there that it's not just an automatic run. All right, that's head coach Chad Morris, his take on the quarterback situation, Colton Jackson, a few other things. I, I'm in the camp that the deal with Colton, if he's not available, I felt like they really, really missed him against San Jose State. And I know that Colton catches a lot of flack, but 
they missed him. So that that's something to watch in this game. There's no question that's something to watch, especially when we talk so much about the Kentucky defense, you know, the how big they are up front. And I, I wonder about that too. You know, Ty Clary's been limited a little bit. He's been in a green jersey most of, most of the time. Uh, but I thought he struggled against San Jose State with their 3-4 defense, having a guy zero tech right, right over him. Um, just looking at this Kentucky offense real quick. So they are – Let's see. Scoring offense, Kentucky is 13th in the SEC, 23.4 points per game. Total offense, 12th in the SEC, 377 yards per game. Third down conversions, 12th at 34.33. That's not very good. Passing offense, their last in pass efficiency rating, 109.34 and 212 yards per game. And rushing offense, they're in the middle of the pack. 164 yards per game in rushing offense. Although last time out, they didn't do significantly well. They had 28 carries for 115 yards. So that's that's Kentucky's offense. Defensively, you know, obviously, you know, they've got Quentin Bohanna, Marquand McCall, who go about 50-50 rotation up front uh, at nose guard. 6'3", 271 for McCall, 6'4", 261 for Bohanna. And then Cash Daniel. So that kind of – that makes you think, you know, when I, I think about defense, I think about, you know, you want to be strong right up the middle, free safety, middle linebacker, defensive tackles, uh, and they are pretty strong. I mean, Cash Daniel's pretty pretty solid linebacker. You look at overall Kentucky defense, scoring defense, they're eighth in the SEC, 24.4 per game. Total defense, 11th, giving up. What, 395 yards per game. Opponent third down conversion, their last in the SEC at stopping opponents from converting third downs. Arkansas hasn't been exceptional in that area either. Arkansas is 12th in the SEC. Rushing defense, Kentucky is 13th, giving up 171 yards per game. That's good for Arkansas because I do think that Arkansas can jump out on these guys. I think it's very possible that they can do that, get ahead of these guys, and then have to worry about protecting a lead. And that should be a little scary to Razorback fans because they haven't had to do that yet. They haven't been put in that situation. So how does that work out? Passing defense, middle of the pack, eighth in the SEC with a 122 uh, efficiency rating. So that's a little breakdown of, uh, of Kentucky, what they have. I want to go to Keith Grayson now for the fan perspective. Keith always brings an interesting comedic opinion. For those who aren't familiar with Keith, Keith is a high school football coach. He's also in real estate, and he is the former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club before he was dismissed from that position. So we'll get to Keith here. Yeah. Keith, we got reluctantly. you? Reluctantly here. Reluctantly here. So let's just um, let's, let's get to the elephant let's in the room the, here. Let's, let's clear up the firing. What happened? Yeah. Um, why why you been acting so messed up towards me? I don't like censorship. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, an, I'm an anarchist. Yeah. And I don't like being I'm, – I'm very type A. Yeah. I don't like being told what to, what to say and what not to say. Yeah. Well, you were never really told what to say or not to say. I was just bringing up a, a topic of conversation. <laughs> and uh, um, you there took are people, like you, took there like are you people, always do. There are people that – you know, that I, that I don't like in the sports media world, you know, yeah. to cover Arkansas that sit there and they rant and rave. Like, why didn't we get Trey Knox the, the, in the, in the red zone against Texas A&M? Mm-hmm. I don't know. He didn't play mm-hmm. that, for starters. He wasn't in the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, just do they, just, there's people that have a voice in Arkansas and the fans, it filters down to the fans. And there's a reason why the Arkansas fan base is football fans are uneducated. And it comes a lot from some of the people that cover the sport because they're getting misinformation. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's, 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 that's why, why we have you on, Keith, to help, to help clear the air, bring the fan perspective, tell us what the pulse of Razorback Athletics is. And I enjoy having you on, and I certainly don't want to sense you, Keith, uh, because that's what, what makes you entertaining and unique. So appreciate and you I'm, coming I'm, on. You just had a, I'm a little bipolar, and it's mainly because my, my mood shifts with the success – or the lack thereof of the Arkansas athletic program. So if we lose on Saturday, mm-hmm. my week's going to suck. Today, I have the second highest 
closing of my career mm-hmm. and I can't even enjoy it because we're seven point dogs to someone that's playing their third string quarterback, which so happens to be a wide receiver. Yeah. Have we talked Keith since uh, on air since the, um, have we talked since the um, San Jose state game? I'm going to put it, I'm going to no. put some Razorback footage up here real quick for people to enjoy while we're talking. So we haven't talked since that game. So what was your reaction after, after that one? Obviously we thought that would be a cakewalk, which we should never expect anything like that. No, if you go back and listen to the podcast that that I was on, I said, we're 28 point favorites. We're going to win by three. Mm-hmm. And we almost did. <laughs> we almost just won by three yeah. on that comeback, which was, you know, I, it's just insane. I, I didn't even go. I had a weird feeling about that. I don't, I host these watch party things. I just try to get out of them because I don't want to break a TV in public, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I just didn't show up to that one. I said it in the calendar. I didn't go, but what? it's just what to expect. It's like, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if they're looking past to Texas A&M, but we can't, how, how can you overlook no. anybody? You can, if you're this team and there's no question, Keith, that they did, that they did. And that's, this is the, to me, there's a couple of black eyes on Morris's resume, things that people will never forgive him for the way that they finished last season. I think most people are understanding that it was a most rational people understanding it was a dramatic change last year with offense and bringing new players in, not everybody buying in, but the way that they finished last season with getting blown out against Mississippi state and Missouri, just totally letting go of the rope that left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth, I think. And then of course, you're never going to wash off this San Jose state loss. And the thing that stinks about Chad, no matter what he does in terms of turning it around People are always going to point to the San Jose State game every single time they lose. Every single time they lose, they're going to bring that game up, you know, just like they bring up the fact that he's never won against a Power 5 opponent right? Um, also. So they didn't do themselves any favors. And then, you, you know, you fast forward to this Auburn game, which has been picked up for an 11 a.m. kickoff, which sucks. I mean, that sucks because you play those two away games that are home games in, you know, Missouri and Little Rock – and uh, Texas A&M and Arlington. So you only get two SEC home games in Fayetteville, which is bad for recruiting. And then your first one is October 19th. It's not even early. It's way off in October 19th. And you have to, as Arkansas, you have to draw talent from farther away, from Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma. So these kids have to drive farther. And now they're going to get up. You're going to tell me a kid's going to get up at the ass crack of dawn and make it to Fayetteville for an 11 a.m. game? But you made your bed. You don't lose to San Jose State, and you're probably not playing at 11 a.m. So when you suck, things just start sucking more. You get, you get put in uh, worse situations over and over and over again. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So. Oh yeah, no, it's a it's yeah, it's a cycle of suck for sure. And that that's the that's the thing is when I started reading those injury reports or the practice reports coming into that San Jose State game, mm-hmm. they're holding out half the damn team. And I was like, this is not this. They got to practice. They can't. I know they're trying to get right, but then they held them out for the game. You know, Burks didn't play, and as you mentioned, Colton Jackson. That, that offensive line, as crazy as – and, again, Arkansas fans hate Colton Jackson because he can't get up a stance on the snap. But when – they've had that, that gif a couple times, too many times yeah. on, on uh, Twitter. But 
Probably he, not entirely that, that his o- fault, by the way. Yeah, that offensive that offensive good. line, whether you like it or not, lives and dies with that number. What is it, seven and four? I mean, that's yeah. that's who it goes through. There's no question that they missed him against San Jose State, and that's what should be concerning with this game. Uh, Keith, I want to I want you to take off your your Razorback fan hat, which also constantly whispers in your ear. Here we go again. Looking at this game, what you know about each team, aside from the here we go again mentality, should Arkansas not beat Kentucky? Should they not? Do they not have the better team? I I think they do, but the schematically or whatever, however you want to put it, on on this, <laughs> there's a lot on this defense. If this if this kid if they you just said they average twenty three and a half a game on offense, mm-hmm. if they score over thirty points, somebody needs to get fired. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not that guy. I'm not that. I'm not that dude that calls for the head coach constantly because I know, like you said, in the cycle of suck, when you fire the head coach after two years, you you start this show all over again. You just press reset. This, I, this is not. It just it starts it starts over all over again. So, but with coordinators and the secondary coach or whoever it is, because Chavis got has linebackers, somebody somebody's getting paid too damn much. Mm. You know, if you want to break it down on a per win basis on what these dudes are making. Somebody needs to have their feet held to the fire a little bit, and I think, and I don't think Chad's going to do that. I don't think Coach Morris will do that in midseason. But I would expect some changes after the season because we are giving up way too many points to Sister of the Poor, and it's just that's that. And again, I I like John Chavis, and I like the fact that you could see the blueprint of what Morris was going for. He want, he didn't have experience in the SEC. So who do you go out and hire? The person with the most experience of any coach that is living in the SEC, and that's mm-hmm. John Javis. He's been there for 28 years or whatever. So I, I understand the, the plan, but the plan really ain't looking at that good at this point. And, and then, you know, I, how do you feel about the offensive play calling? Is that changed in the season, or were they holding back in the early season, early part of the season? And or do you think it's Morris calling the plays, or, or th- giving him the Houston nut run pass call, yeah, or whatever? I think that Morris def- definitely has an impact on play calling. Now, how much? I just don't know. And, and Morris has a way of answering the question that he wants to answer no matter how it's asked, so you can't really get anything out of him. And if you watch yesterday's press conference, he did a masterful job of not answering anything. And so did Mark Stoops, by the way, on the teleconference. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think that the play calling has been fine overall except for a few things that definitely stick out. I didn't like the Wildcat stuff they did in, in, in uh, Oxford. I have not been pleased with what they've called at the goal line. I mean, even that play where Starkle threw that interception on the, what was supposed to be a shovel pass, I mean, they're clogging the middle and coming at you, and the play call is a shovel pass up the middle behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, I just I just don't get that. And too many times, how many times have we seen them down at the goal line, and it's Rakeem Boyd's out and C.J. O'Grady's out. You know, I mean, how often have we seen that? I mean, get your best players in there when you're at the goal line. That's – that's a critical, critical area. Uh, so there have been some things here and there that I've been, you know, that I've questioned. But overall, I don't, I don't know that it's been that bad. I mean, sometimes I think it comes down to, to execution. Um, and, and I do think some of that can be a little overblown on who has the seat, you know, who's making the call at the end. Because I guarantee you one thing, Morris, Lunny, Craddock, they're all sitting in the same room. And trailer and there's and stuff and they're saying all right here's the game plan this week and let's get some plays we can do on and it's a down and distance thing once you get to a certain level of mm-hmm. football so there is a system in place where they look down they got three run options three pass options on first and ten and then you go first and five or, or you, get, you have different down and distances that you can go on it's usually you know uh low medium high and then uh and then where you're out on the field and all that stuff it takes into account on, on the play calling. So it's not like, hey, we're just drawing this in the dirt. Did you like the play did you like crap. the play calling and the performance overall against Texas A and M, even though they didn't finish the game? I mean, that's a step forward, isn't it? I mean they held them to three hundred and forty yards and were pretty productive on offense. They just didn't get it done on the final drive against what's probably a better overall roster on the other side. Yeah. We're who knew that Ben Hicks was going to come out and do that, right? Yeah. He showed some guts. Showed some guts. I'll tell you what I like, though, uh, Keith, more than, than anything, is that they recognized 
we got to get the ball to Traylon Burks. We got to get it to CJ. You know, I would have probably liked to have seen more carries for Rakeem Boyd, but, you know, everybody's kind of been complaining that Boyd didn't see enough touches, but he's like second in the SEC in rushing attempts per game right now. So I guess that's just kind of the way things are going. But it would be nice if Arkansas could get a little bit more production from Devois, and who's been good in the passing game, but, you know, hasn't been – as good as we have seen him at times in the running game. Uh, and you get Chase Hayden back, who hasn't done a whole lot this season either. So you'd like to see maybe a little bit more production from those guys. But overall, I thought that, you know, the goal's got to be get it to the playmakers. And this is the first game in a long time that they've had everybody. And really, they've only had all their starting skill guys, you know, with O'Grady and the three starting wide receivers and Boyd one game that Starkle has started so far. And they'll have them all finally for this one. So I'm anxious to see what the, the whole – real starting offense looks like if they get Colton Jackson back also I think that'll be a benefit too so but the main point of it is get the ball to your playmakers when you're down at the goal line it should be getting thrown to Trey Knox Traylon Burks C.J. O'Grady Rakeem Boyd those should be the guys touching the ball in the red zone and that's probably it and Mike Woods too and is that too much to ask to know who your no. playmakers are by in year two halfway through this damn thing and that's <laughs> when, when when Chase Harrell got four targets in the first game or whatever it was. I, I mean, the the kid can't catch the ball. And the only thing, the only time he can catch it is, you know, his offhand falling out of bounds. I mean, he makes some miraculous catch. He is the, he's the weirdest, you know, he'll do some OBJ catch falling backwards, but then he can't catch one that's right in his bread basket in the numbers. Um, and that's, that type of stuff just drives me crazy. Cause again, it goes back to the point. If you're making that much money, there is an expectation. Yeah. There is an expectation for any, I don't care where it ranks in the SEC, three and a half million dollars, three and a half million dollars. And, and, and it, and all the coordinators and, position coaches are getting paid too so and and in in Fayetteville Arkansas that that buys quite a bit so anyway I and again when we made this when we do our little pre-production phone call before we get on this I I always like today I said it that's just a phone call to make sure that you're sober Keith before I have you on the air (laughs) which which by the way my dad has the same name as Keith is is also Keith Grayson so somebody goes to buy his uh, a plane a while back and comes up from Pine Bluff and they say, man, I thought you were going to be a lot different in person. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, aren't you whiskey drunk? <laughs> so that, that, uh, my, the other Keith Grayson is actually an attorney. He's not, he's, he's a, a well-mannered man. He's yeah. not a, he's not a maniac out on the West coast raising <laughs> hell with, uh, anyway. So I just, I just probably should have got that out a little early. So <laughs> clear his um, name. <laughs> no, but I mean, my, yeah, clears and clear the family name. So my thing is though, I'm not a negative guy. I'm, I'm more on the, on the side of, Hey, let's give this thing some time. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do this. But at the same time, you know, back in the day when Katrina got it rolling, I was showing out, you know, I was a Royals platinum member all the way and had the, had the Frank jacket and all that stuff. And you were at your peak then. <laughs> John L hit and I, I took that five figure donation back as fast as I could give it. And my thing is like, how does it feel as a member of the media to cover this team? You know, you've aged pretty well. I know it's because you're a Georgia fan and you're not really that dedicated you, to Arkansas, but like, just Danny's to clear the air, my, well. I'm not a Georgia fan. My dad did play at Georgia uh, in the late sixties. He was a running back linebacker. I think, I think, I guess they went to platoon at first, but eventually a, a linebacker. But uh, no, that doesn't make me a Georgia fan. Sure, dad, dad played on the team. You're not going to follow him at all. So, but I, <laughs> I will just, say that that happens. That happens. I, I well, I didn't grow up in Georgia. I grew up in Arkansas, and um, you know when you, uh, Daryl Walker's son is a good example. You know, he didn't just like he wouldn't die and go to Arkansas, even though his dad's a big Arkansas fan. It's not. Has, the, how it's does not it? The same how does it everyone. impact you? Back back to my original question. How mm-hmm. does it impact you? to to cover a team that sucks um i mean it impacts i mean like my wife pulls for arkansas i mean she went to university of arkansas too but uh she yeah and also went to the university of arkansas you forgot that uh but um she would like and all her friends you know they're at the game watching it and they're like hoping arkansas wins for me more than anything because they know that i'm out in front talking to people about it and, you know, just kind of, I don't like negativity, but you just kind of have to, you know, it is what it is, you know, it's a cycle of suck and man, I ought to coin that one. I might need to rename this podcast, (laughs) the cycle of suck. Uh, But um, I mean, it does impact me. I don't like dwelling in negativity or cover. I want to cover a winning team. 
I don't want to go to or, you know, miss bowl games. I want to go to a big bowl game, you know, things like that. I want to cover players that are that are happy and enjoy winning. But this is the situation that they're in. I can't, you know, I can't have any involvement in changing that. Just we talk about it. And, uh, yeah, obviously I don't like dwelling in, in negativity, but that's what it's been for the last seven and a half years. And you're right, I have aged well. I appreciate that. I, you have you have aged well. I think it's your vegan consumption, your plant <laughs> yeah, your plant based diet, or whatever you're doing, like avocado ma- mud mask at night. Avocado mud mask. <laughs> but but Danny Danny's not taking it so well. If he doesn't watch out, he's going to look like Nate Allen here. In like Danny looks years. like hell, man. Yeah, he's yeah, looking rough. he is not. He just looks like <laughs> taking brown party liquor to the face after every L. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, man, hope it gets better. Yeah, I mean, have, have you doing? seen? Have you seen? Have, yeah, I was about to say, have you seen Pete? Poor guy's twenty three years old and looks forty three. Looks older than I do. Dear God! He's well, that, that's because time. I don't know what I don't know what Hog Sports interns make, but it can't buy. It can't. It probably can't live, like have that high quality of lifestyle living. Well, Pete's not you know, an intern. Pete's full time with us. He's he's fresh out of thing. college. Yeah, he's same thing. He's being he's being groomed to uh, to become. Uh, a special writer. He's got a lot. Pete's got a lot of ability, a lot of potential. Funny guy. But Alec Harrison is our intern. Who, um, by the way, thoughts and prayers with Alec. Lost his grandmother. Uh, but um, Alec, uh, Alec is always going to be positive. He is always a happy guy. We got a good team over at Hog Sports. For anybody again that hasn't signed up, one dollar right now for your first month. All right, Keith, All right well, I'll let you get else? over to Pete. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. ruin Jaron Lorenzen Day. Let's ruin that day. Yeah. That's what I want. It's not too soon to give them an L in Lexington. I actually wanted to go to that game, but well, you have an opportunity in twenty thirty, Keith. Perfect. I'm not going to be around then. <laughs> well, we, at this rate, of, at this rate of hard football, there's no damn way. So. <laughs> All right, Keith. Appreciate you, man. Later, player. All right. All right, that's Keith Grayson. Keith obviously uh, has been with us a long time at hogsports.com, longtime Razorback fan, lives out in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, also coaches high school football. I believe he's a linebacker's coach, secondary, something like that. Um, does that on, I believe, a volunteer, maybe just kind of a side job type of deal. Also in real estate, disgraced former president and founder of the Arizona Razorback Club also. All right, let's get to Pete Roulier now. Pete is, as we mentioned a minute ago, has been with us for a little while now. Does a great job. Uh, also, former University of Arkansas student. You guys just had to throw in the, that last little bit there, didn't you? You know, you know that Keith is going to uh, give you a little bit of hell. I mean, it's kind of a hazing, hazing situation, I guess. I, what's what kind of right does he have to haze me? Um, what's he do all day? I think and he that, just like, assumes the right. I think he yeah, just assumes well that, it. That's well. You weren't much better either. He's twenty three, <laughs> but looks about forty three. You should see Pete. I mean, that was just brutal. I knew that I'm you were listening. Glad. You don't look forty three. I was just trying to give you a little hell, and get you fired up before we had you on. You know, you know what Keith looks like, right? He looks like Keith looks like Danny Br- McBride's uh, more handsome younger brother. I was going to say he kind of looks like a valet that would just take your car for a joyride. It's one of those kind of slimy people. He's not going to take all your money, but he's going to do something to he's you. Got, he's got over. the look. He's got a little bit of a crazy eye look. You could kind of see it coming. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I like my Danny McBride comparison. That's not bad, but I just want you to know I'm doing all right, okay? All right. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing okay. So, Pete Roulier has been with us, like I said, for um, – uh, almost a year, the better part of a year anyway, and does a great job. Does most of the traveling, but I'm traveling for this one this week because I haven't been to, to Lexington yet. So, Pete, you've done a little dive into Kentucky's offense and defense. I want to start with Kentucky's offense. What have you seen just based on your research uh, out of those guys? What can we expect on Saturday? Well, I guess the big story this week has been the story about the quarterback, and uh, they lost their starter, who was really what made their offense go this season. Um, last season it was Benny Snell, but Terry Wilson was going to be the thing that drove them over the top, and yeah. he's out in week three, so they got a different quarterback situation. They've been going with uh, Sawyer Smith, and he has not really excelled. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what? What, what it reminds was, me of it. You remember AJ Derby, Pete? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember you remember him playing quarterback? So he reminds me a lot of AJ Derby, and probably not as mobile as AJ was, but as a passer, he reminds me a lot of of what AJ was. Just not real accurate, probably under a fifty percent type of passer, a decent arm, but just not 
a great quarterback. And and but unfortunately for Kentucky, that's where they are right now. No, that's that's the honest to God truth. He just doesn't look like a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you're talking about Arkansas, you definitely got that battle won right there. Um, so what happened was he went down in the fourth quarter against Carolina, which was obviously last week they had the bye week. So that's been two weeks since then. He had a couple uh, of Lin- things bothering him, didn't he? Do, you, do we know what was what all was like? It was like his shoulder. His shoulder. Yeah. It was kind of the same thing that happened to Starkle, but it was on his throwing arm, I believe. Mm-hmm. He actually made a tackle, like a touchdown-saving tackle against Florida. So pretty much exact same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that was a couple weeks ago. Lynn Bowden comes in, who's the receiver, dynamic player, electric player, played quarterback in high school, runs the Wildcat, and they go on to score their first touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of the controversy. Bowden played quarterback all last week. I'm sorry, it's Bowden. It's not Bowden. Bowden. It's really hard not yeah. to say Bowden. I know. It looks like Bowden. It's a football name. But yeah. anyway, Bowden gets in there. Uh, he's been running first team all week last week, so there's this big quarterback controversy, but I think it's kind of been shut down now, even though Deuce was kind of smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Sawyer Smith went out yesterday and told the media, he's like, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm pretty much good to go on Saturday. So it's probably going to be Sawyer Smith, but they're going to still use be using Bowden a lot. Um, in the running game, there's there's no Benny Snell this year. They got two guys, Rose and Smoke, which is a pretty dynamic name for a backfield. Uh, they kind of use those guys evenly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in terms of wide receiver, we already mentioned Bowden. And then uh, uh, there's this guy that's 6'5". I'm forgetting his name now. Uh, yeah, I think maybe starts with a W or something. Um, that's hey, on me. But, so but then their offensive line all over 300 pounds, just in normal mm-hmm. SEC line. So you say Sawyer. Are you one of those guys that say Warsh also? Like go wash your car? Cedric Warsh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I just – is it is it Sawyer? Sawyer. Sawyer Smith. I think Jordan Rogers was doing that on the telecast last week. Can I just go with Saw? You can go with Saw, I'm sure. You can call him whatever you want, I guess. Saw Smith. Yeah, Saw right. Smith. Sawyer Warsh. <laughs> All right. This is, my bad <laughs> this is not a good day for me. You're burying me. Uh, I'm just having fun. We're having a little fun. I know. Oh yeah, we're having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk about their defense a little bit? Yeah, let's jump into their defense. What are you, what are you seeing out of the defense? <laughs> so I think their best player on the defensive side of the ball is Cash Daniel, who is also, if you didn't know, it's kind of like a social yeah. media sensation. Just He's got that mustache, kind of like a Gardner ministry type look on defense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's, he's a really good player. He's got 17 tackles a season. Um, he can do pretty much anything. He's picked off a ball. Uh, he can sack the quarterback. And he's just all over the field, as Morris uh, mentioned this week. And then up front, I think, is probably their strength. Even though they did lose Josh Allen to the NFL draft, who was by far their best player um, a season ago. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, their strength, instead of on the edge like it was last year, is up the middle with uh, two nose guards that are 361 and 371. That's Bohan and McCall. Mm -hmm. Um, So watch out for those guys. That's going to be pretty tough. And then uh, the defensive backs, there's not really not much – there um for a, a i mean compared to last season they're, they're not as strong mm-hmm. in the uh, secondary and arkansas receivers probably have a uh, probably have the advantage in that in that one so uh defensively i think they're a lot better than they are offensively but if arkansas can do what they did against texas a&m last week upwards i'm sorry two weeks ago then they mm-hmm. shouldn't have much of a problem with kentucky defense in my opinion I think everything points to Arkansas except for some of the intangibles. With this one, it's a night game on the road, SEC. I don't care if it's Kentucky or who it is. It's still a road game in the SEC, and that points to Kentucky. There's a little bit of an unknown with what they might do, how much wildcat they might do, some of those types of things at quarterback, and the aspect of can Arkansas finish a game. They've had plenty of opportunities. I don't want to repeat myself too much, but they've had opportunities to learn away from home, learn how – and. That's what a young team has to go through. You'd rather be on the winning side of it, but sometimes losing it maybe helps you a little bit more in terms of remembering it. But they haven't had to protect a lead yet. I mean, they did, I guess, a little bit against Texas A&M. They had a little a lead for a while. But, like, fourth quarter, you need to put the the ball away, on uh, the game away on the ground. They haven't really had that opportunity. So those are kind of some of the things that um, that would scare me if I'm Arkansas. All right, Pete. Before, right, go ahead. Well, yeah, they need to learn to win. That's kind mm-hmm. of been the problem. Uh, Winning at is the end of last season and this season, yeah, yeah, especially on the road. So, Pete, you got a score prediction before we let you go? Yeah, I went with thirty-one twenty-seven, which was the same score as the A&M game. I just flipped mm-hmm. it though. I got Arkansas winning. Yeah, I got Arkansas thirty-one twenty-four, I believe. So, um, 
Yeah, I, did, I said I wasn't going to predict an Arkansas win until I saw him do it, but I'm going against everything I believe here. So, all right, Pete. Anything else before we let you go? No, man. I all appreciate right. it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bury anybody. I'm actually <laughs> an upstanding person. Yeah. Well, we I'm not did drop we, a grenade and just leave. We did give Keith a little bit of hell, though. <laughs> At least. <laughs> right. All right, man. All right, Y'all man. Take it appreciate easy. you. All Bye. Right. All right, that's Pete Roulier. Pete Roulier does a great job. Cranks out a ton of content on hogsports.com. Again, H-A-W-G-sports.com. We're going to get to your questions next. One more time, though, I'm going to remind you, plenty of ways to watch and listen. Facebook Live, YouTube. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up, like, share, follow, comment. If you haven't shared the video with anybody before that you think somebody might like it, go ahead and throw a share. Throw a share to somebody. Let them, uh, let them check it out for themselves. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Throw us a five-star review right now if you haven't done so. Say something nice about it. If you like the content, if you don't, then uh, then don't bother. We don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. All right, on to your questions. Get them in right now if you haven't done so already. We'll probably go a little bit long here. We're at about 40 minutes now, so we're going we're gonna to dive in right now. Um, Dusty Hunt says... 2017-27 in favor of Kentucky. They see that we have the worst secondary in college football and throw all over us. I don't know that Arkansas has the worst secondary in college football. I actually think the secondary has played pretty well overall. I mean, I know that goes against what most people think because we expect, you know, every time some team scores a touchdown or hits a big play, we're like, that's terrible. But every rule has been geared towards offense. Even injury, player safety stuff has been geared, geared towards offense. So the way the game is designed, you're just going to give up yardage. But I don't think Arkansas secondary has been that bad this year. I really don't. Tyler Holmes says, which do you think is more likely, if not close, big UK win or Arkansas win? Well, I mean, I'd have to say big Kentucky win just because they're the home team and we've seen Arkansas come not ready to play. Make no mistake, you know, I'm saying I think Arkansas is going to win, but We've seen – there's so much unknown. I mean, if the San Jose – they also should have blown out San Jose State. I mean, they also should have blown them out and they overlooked them. I don't think that Arkansas is going to overlook this game, but I don't know. I, I just look at what everything they've got coming back. But there's definitely the possibility they come out with a totally wrong mindset and, you know, they get behind and there's a situation because we've seen it before. You know, they go into halftime and like, man – if we don't start getting after it, we might lose this game. That's kind of what we saw against San Jose State. Defense came out in the second half and played very well until the last drive. So, yeah, I would say Kentucky has the odds of winning big. Got a lot of score predictions. Mario Alvarez says 24-6 Kentucky. Norman Hunt says Arkansas 24-21. James Mitchell Kincaid says 17-7 Hogs. Norman Hunt says last-minute field goal wins it for Arkansas. I assume you mean Arkansas. Oh, yeah, you said 24-21 Arkansas. Mario Alvarez says we're prepared. Morris has said this every pregame. He's 18 and 35 as a head coach. Yikes. How does he define prepared? Yeah, that's like uh, Princess Bride. Why do you keep using that word? I do not think it means what you think it means. Mike Green says 31-6. I guess you mean Arkansas. Bad day for us. It's Jared Lorenzen tribute day for one reason. Kentucky has to play lights out. Jared Lorenzen is who I think about when I think about Kentucky football. I don't think Benny Snell so much, although I do a little bit. I don't think Josh Allen. I think uh, I think Jared Lorenzen, the hefty lefty, J-Lo. I mean, he's the guy. Just a unique – when I think about college football, just unique players, when I think about like guys like Matt Jones, you know, or Tim Tebow, I think about Jared Lorenzen in that conversation. I really do. Definitely tragic that, uh, that he's passed away at such a young age. But um, fantastic college football player. Blake Manis says, and just because it's Jared Lorenzen Day, I don't think that means that that's going to give them a huge edge in this game. I mean, it still comes down to to the players on the field. Blake Manis says, with the beef Kentucky has inside, do you expect to see T.J. Hammonds and Devion Warren a more reverse sweep to get the big boys moving side to side? I think absolutely if you feel like you have an advantage in speed, get them outside. Um, they are big up the middle. I said before, I worry about Ty Clary, how he pl played with a zero tech on him last You guys remember the guy with the long hair for San Jose State. But, yeah, I say get him outside. But you still got to do what you do. You know, Rakeem Boyd has the chops to be able to run inside, even against, uh, you know, a stout defensive front. He can pick up extra yards after contact. Brian Withers says, everybody loves to drag Chad Morris and bring his record up. Question, how well would you have done with the terrible teams that he's had the last few years? I mean, he had a lot of rework at, at, at uh, SMU, obviously. And SMU's doing pretty well last year. And there's a mix. There's some transfers that have come in. But 
the core of that team is his players that he brought in there, and they're undefeated right now. Had a huge 30-9 comeback last week. But I agree with you, Brian. I mean, you got to give the guy a chance. I mean, obviously we're all disappointed with how things have gone this season, particularly the San Jose State game. And even everything else, taking everything else in, all they really needed to do was take care of business at San Jose State game, and people probably would have been fine. I mean, they wouldn't have been, like, jumping up and down, but they would have been fine with the way things are. And so losing that game definitely has put a super sour taste in everybody's mouth. No question about it, and more so than it would have been. But at the same time, you have to give him – you've made your bet here, right? This is the guy that you've invested in. You've said, okay, this is the hire we've got to, we've got to bring in. He's made huge roster changes, brought in. I mean, and really, as I said before, everything they seem to do off the field in terms of bringing players in, bringing Nick Starkle in, bringing Ben Hicks in, some of the other transfers in that they brought, um, you know, bringing the junior college offensive lineman, getting the offensive line situation in order with the numbers much better than they have been. They've always struggled there. Uh, the recruiting class that they just brought in, all of those things, and not just the class they brought in, but the marketing, the activity, all of those things off the field – have been what you would want. There has not been one thing that I can say, man, that's terrible. I didn't. I'm not a big fan of like the club dub stuff, but um, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. I'll sacrifice that. Whatever. Everything else has been what you would expect. They just have got to get it together on the field. And people don't want to hear that it's a young team, but it is. Doesn't excuse losing to San Jose State, but it's still a young team. Brandon Knox says this one could. This one we could get, and we need it. Woo Pig Suey. Rob Casey says, I'll be there. First real football weather we'll have this year. Bang, bring the heavy red jackets. It's going to be cold. Not cold, it's going to be cool. Graham Cox says, Trey, Kentucky will have to rely on their D to keep them in this. The real question is, can we take their front out of it? I think Arkansas can score some points on them. I mean, if, if we see the right if we see the right Nick Starkle, then Arkansas can score some points. They've got plenty of weapons. Todd Willis says, call me crazy, but I think the Hogs win by two digits. What say you, Trey? I mean, I think – I don't know about two digits or whatever, but I could see them trying to protect a lead at the end, and the question would be whether or not they can. Terry Roy says, ask Keith, where's the prime real estate in Fayetteville? I might need to buy some property out there. Well, Keith, he might know, but, um, you know, you probably hit him up at Twitter. He's at Keith Grayson underscore is his Twitter handle, Terry. Uh, but he works out in Phoenix, but he might know. I don't know. He might do some business in Arkansas. Mario Alvarez says there's not any at all the prime. Yeah, Fayetteville is dead. <laughs> there's not any prime real estate. You got to move outside, out, out east in Fayetteville. Tracy McKnight says hoping for a win this Saturday. It would be nice to get Morris's first SEC win. Absolutely. Mario Alvarez says 18 and 35. He's had one season with over six wins as a head coach, and every team improves after he leaves. I mean, every. I guess you could say Clemson did. You know, they also improved a lot when he got there. You can say SMU has improved since he's left, but they also improved after he got there. You know, Arkansas, it's not like Arkansas. Here's the deal. If he'd come in and went as bad as they did last year and then started this season the way he did this year and he was taken over for a coach that left for another situation, maybe went to the end. Maybe, say, okay, say theoretically Brett Bielema, you know, had Arkansas as a nine – 10-win program or something and left and took another job. And then Morris comes in and they go 2-10 and 10 last year and then they lose to San Jose State. Then he should have been fired after the San Jose State game. But that's not what happened. He came over – he took over a program that was in a steady decline under Brett Bielema, a steady decline, and totally revamped the offense, revamped the type of – he's revamping the type of players that they're bringing in. So that's not the situation really, you know. It's not the situation of taking over a winning program. Now, he should have never lost to San Jose State, granted. But the situation is not Arkansas. And so say, say you fire Morris after this season. Then where are you? This recruiting class falls apart completely. And, you know, next year is going to suck. You're going to get sold on a five-year plan by the next coach because the situation has been so bad. So they're going to get all this time to rebuild the program. It's not his fault. It's the previous coach's fault. And it's going to carry out forever. And two years from now, you're going to be in the same situation right now, if that. That's the situation. So you've made the bed. You kind of have to lay in it and give the guy an opportunity. Mario says, how much time does this snake oil salesman need? Mark O'Banion says, I think if they can win this game, then Chad Morris experiment can be labeled. If they can't win this game, that can be labeled a failure. Possibly. I, I still say, I mean, I, the San Jose State game will always be in the back of everybody's mind. And every time I say something like give them time, I'm like, 
you know, it just like hits me in the head, like San Jose State. Don't forget about that. Uh, let's see if we got anything different. This is a must win tray. So true. Talks about, so is it true about French thinking about decommitting? Well, they all want to play together with Tamari and McDonald, which Arkansas offered uh, the three Whitehaven linebackers. So they all have an opportunity to play at Arkansas. They're all coming on an official visit for the uh, Auburn game. So, but yeah, I mean, you say this is a must-win game, Matthew, and it is in a lot of sense. Like whatever crack there is right now for Arkansas to get to a bowl game, let's say it's just you know just a few inches, just barely light coming through the door. Whatever crack there is right now for Arkansas to get to a bowl game, it hinges on this game. It will close all the way if they lose this game. It will close because then you start talking about you know maybe you start having some division. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to get to a bowl game as it is right now. You know if you think about games that are you know you might say are winnable. Um, you know, Missouri last game of the year at home in Little Rock, uh, Mississippi State in Little Rock last SEC game at home for Arkansas, and this Kentucky game. And they have to win all three of those along with Western Kentucky, which isn't a guarantee based on how they played against San Jose State. So those are the games they got to take. I mean, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, those types of games are going to be obviously would be dramatic upsets. That would be like, you know, San Jose State beating Arkansas. Let's see. Adam Green says Hogs win big Kentucky this in Kentucky this week. Tyler Holmes says I hope KJ package with RPO. KJ is is uh, traveling now. They it's always a good idea to bring your young quarterbacks on road trips. So if you know you ever do go with them in the future, then it's not their first experience on the road. They've traveled. They've seen the environment. They did the same thing with Austin Allen with Brandon Allen. Did the same types of things with those guys. Ty story probably too. Norman Hunt says, "Do we all want to? Do we all want to? All want to? At least I can't read that." Adam Green says, "I love I love how Arkansas has 2,873 coaches who know nothing about what they're talking about." Oh, Jonathan Parker says, "I just look. He still is commit. I guess you're talking about." French. Yeah, he still has his commitment. Now, I think he took some Arkansas stuff down from his from his Twitter profile. But Arkansas needs a Arkansas needs to oversign linebacker. For once, they have to. It's been you know kind of a cursed position. They brought in some good players: Dre Greenlaw, Brooks Ellis, Martrell Spate, uh, Dijon Harris, Bumper Pool. But there's just not enough guys. That's spread over a long period. It's spread over like seven years. That's not enough linebackers that have been good for Arkansas. It's just not. And where would they be right now? Think about this. This so. They've got they're okay at the position right now because they've got Hudson Hen- or uh, 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 Hayden Henry, uh, Grant Morgan, Devon McClure. Hayden Henry was a blue shirt. Grant Morgan was a walk on. Devon McClure was a walk on, coming from baseball, who came to Arkansas as a wide receiver. That's that's your you know those guys have been you know pretty good for Arkansas. I think Hayden Henry's played really well this year. But where would you be right now if you didn't have those walk ons step up for you? You'd have Bumper Pool. You'd have Dijon Harris. I mean, you'd be, in, you'd be in trouble. Adam Green says, sometimes I think Arkansas fans have unrealistic expectations. Streaming so young. I mean, it's hard for me to say that anybody has unrealistic expectations when they just want them to beat Kentucky and, and win home games against San Jose State. I mean, I think you see that too, Adam Green. But I do think that expectations have been hammered down pretty low. Just You've been shoved down for seven and a half years. Your expectation level is just terrible right now. I don't think fans are asking for too much. Just asking for a team that they can be proud of. And it's been a long time. I mean, they've had – even if you go back to Brett Bielema's best year in 2015 when they won eight games, they lost to Toledo that year. They lost to Toledo. That's the best season Arkansas has had seven and a half years. Going on eight years. It'll be eight years because they're not going to win eight games this year. Sean Hartsfield says Arkansas fans are trash. Man, you guys are hard on them. It's not fair to say to everybody. I mean, there's some fans that are completely unrealistic and ridiculous. And by the way, if you're the fan who is tweeting at players and, and you know saying stuff like you don't need players holding you hostage or recruits holding you hostage, and you need to get a life. But no, most Arkansas fans aren't like that. I mean, you see a vocal minority on that. But Arkansas fans aren't asking for too much, man. They're not. Chase Hogan Jones says, dang, I missed most of the show. Going to catch it at replay on Spotify. You can catch it on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can rewatch it on Facebook Live, and it'll be up on YouTube, of course. TJ Hammonds has added considerable size from just the first look. I, I actually think he's trimmed down, Chase. He's trimmed down a lot. He dropped his body fat down to like 5% or something one time uh, when he was suspended from the team or whatever you want to call it, whatever the situation. Not suspended, but when he was not with the team in the offseason. But he, he's trimmed up a little bit, actually. 
Rakeem runs for 150-plus to take the dub, 42-28. They give up a lot of rushing yards, so it's possible that he could have his best game. Kyle Cord, Smyer says 27-20, Arkansas 20 of the Hogs points in the first half before Stoops adjusts. What they need, what Arkansas needs to do. Speaking of adjusting, like when they bring that Wildcat in with with Bowden, they need to just shut that down right off the bat. Just shut it down, shut it down. I mean, whatever it takes. If the kid wants to throw a pass, whatever, but let him know right off the bat you are not running the ball. Will Mateo solely play without the right hand cast unless he gets it off today or tomorrow or something? Then he's going to have it on. He's had it the past two days in practice when I've been there. I do think that's a huge disadvantage for him. He's done some good things, but I think he can be literally twice as good if he had his hand. That just shows you, you know, some of the situations they're in. Their true freshman right in is their best option at right in. D. Crosby says, Stark will continue to turn the ball over at the rate he does. Do you think Hicks could be right in there? I think they I think they would go to Hicks. I mean, if he comes in and, like, there's a bunch of interceptions that are his fault, then absolutely. Absolutely. Then you can, you can make a change there. And I think Hicks – Played his best game that he has all season against Texas A&M. All right, let's see what else we got. We've gone 55 minutes here, so we're a little long. A win this weekend changes the complexion of this season, says Daniel Jill Waters. Tracy McKnight says, thoughts on Urban Meyer saying cool things about Arkansas's program. He was in Arkansas. You know, he's not going to dog him too much. But, I mean, there's no question, you know, Pete – First of all, I hear people say stuff like Arkansas should move to the um, to the Big 12, which would – I cannot think of a more tail-between-your-legs cowardly look that Arkansas could present. Well, we can't compete. Let's go to the Big 12 where we can win. I mean, that's sorry looking. I'm sorry. That is, that is pathetic looking. I, I just think that's – because Arkansas has shown that they can win. I mean, before these last seven and a half years, you go back and you look at 2007, they won two, ten games. 2008, they won eight games and beat the number one team in the country, won the national championship. Uh, 2010, they won 10 games. 2011, they won 11 games. That's a pretty good stretch. That's a pretty good stretch, and everything just blew up. You had the you know the Houston Nut thing just ended so ugly. Um, you know you, you you hired Bobby Petrino, who ended up just putting the program in a ditch. John L. Smith was not the answer. There's a lot of things that Jeff Long that I can blame him for, uh, for the reason why this situation is the way it is. There's plenty of room, as I love to say, under this bus for a lot of people to get under. And so we can point to Chad Morris, and yeah, sure, some of it's on him. Some of it's on the current coaching staff, and some of it's on the players. But the large majority of it, it's like there's a huge wave behind them that they have to figure out how to turn. Speaking of linebacker, will we ever see Zach Zymos? So Zymos is definitely going to redshirt this year. We may see him in some action, so he gets under four games, but he's kind of skinny right now. Very athletic, but he's skinny. He's long. He just needs to add more weight. I just want Arkansas to be in the conversation, please. That would be nice. Just not glossed over. Chris Arch says, yeah, I agree. Fans need to leave these recruits alone. Stop messaging them. Absolutely. Gregory Curl says, my overall experience is that most Razorback fans are awesome and love their team. There's no question about that, Coach Curl. Most Arkansas fans are fantastic fantastic fans but I understand the frustration and when you combine frustration with that guy in the coffee shop who used to just sit you know at the coffee shop and just kind of bitch about everything now he has this huge platform to get irrational and with Twitter and 140 characters or I guess they doubled it 280 now but uh, with that you know you used to write an email and you get just mad just writing this email and then you'd be like you'd feel better after you delete it and now I think too many people hit send on some of that stuff Messaging these kids, talking trash, their kids. Yeah, I would hope that they're snot-nosed kids that are doing that. Donnie Butt says, if we win, do you think we turn the corner? I definitely think that there uh, is an opportunity for a momentum shift. They have not turned the corner, but it's right there. It's right there for them. You can start rounding it a little bit right here. Maybe with the Texas A&M game, you say you start gearing up to round the corner a little bit. Again, if they play like they did against Texas A&M, have Starkle healthy, plays within the system, didn't try to force stuff, then I think Arkansas can win the game. One more time. Sign up right now at hogsports.com if you haven't done so already. If you like this podcast, you like what we do at the Hog Hustle, what I do on um, Drive Time Sports, what Danny does on uh, Out of Bounds, if you like that stuff, some of the free content we come out, you fancy yourself as more than just a casual fan, then give us a shot right now at hogsports.com. Or, as I said, if they win this Kentucky game, I'm going to do a 50% off an annual subscription. So you can sign up for a monthly subscription right now at just $1. Okay, just $1 right now for your first month. Or... You can wait till after this game, and if they win, I'm going to take 50% off an annual subscription. So get on there and sign up for that, and we'll put a promo out as soon as that game is over if that happens. So 
Plenty of ways to watch and listen, Facebook Live, YouTube. Throw us a thumbs up right now if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so, and hit the notifications bell. And be sure to share the content with somebody else if you think they like it. Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review if you haven't done so already. We want people to see when they type Arkansas Razorbacks into Apple Podcasts. We want them to see Hog Sports Live, also available on Spotify and Stitcher. Okay, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your interaction. Uh, you wouldn't The show would not be possible without you guys. Thanks for Pete Roulier joining us, and, of course, Keith Grayson coming back from his suspension firing uh, and his unique takes as well. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.